Welcome back to the Blank Sutra Podcast, everybody. Episode 11. We have a very special guest for you today. But first, uh, my co-host, Carlos Reyes, is in the building. How are you doing, Carlos? Hey, hey, everybody. How are we doing? I'm doing fucking fantastic today, Cameron. That's so good to hear, bro. And I'm doing great. My name is Cameron Dorsey, by the way. I forgot to say that in the intro. But, you know, we're still doing this. We're still figuring it out day to day, getting 10% better. Tonight... In the studio, we have a uh, an illustrious guest, a person that I've been hoping to have in this space for a since it started because his influence, uh, candor, and expressive nature is something that everybody could benefit from being around. If I'm being honest, uh, this man is not only a influence on my life. Um, a semi-employer of mine, but also a very, very good friend at this point. I haven't known him too long, but I feel like I know him better than most people that I interact with on the daily. Very talented man by the name of Leafy Green. Leafy, how you doing, bro? I'm doing fantastic now. That was, that <laughs> yeah. was an amazing introduction. Dude, I, I think, right, we're recording this. I can, like, listen to that every morning when I wake up. Oh, yes. <laughs> please, please do. It's I, I kind of I wanted to make it that way so that you can listen to it and be like, I am a cool guy. <laughs> Feeling kind of down. Where's that episode? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, that's better. Oh, man. Well, I know a lot about you just because uh, I got hooked up with you through the Kava Bar scene and you were so gracious in allowing me and Levi to host the open mic at the North End Tap House in Gulfport, uh, Florida. But, um, I further fell in love with who you are as a person because I saw you play. And mm. I realized that this man knows what he's doing like like a consummate professional. <laughs> and I, I saw it in real time. I saw I saw how you interacted with the crowd, how you hosted, how you treat people, and it is an inspiration to me. So I meant every word I said in the introduction. Thank you, thank um, you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad it looks that way. I know what I'm doing. Dude. Uh, I, I don't always feel that way. Really? Um, yeah, no, really. Um, I think I th sometimes sometimes I do feel that way. Sometimes I'm like, yep, this is, sometimes I feel like I'm really in the zone and and, and everything is, is purposeful, but often I feel like I'm flying by the seat of my pants and just being myself and i hope they like it well uh, dude you make it look real good you make it thank look you. seamless um in preparation uh for the podcast i was telling carlos about you and he listened to some of your recorded music as as did i that was mm -hmm. the jams for today at work oh like, nice yeah let me, <laughs> yeah, let me get some more like research into uh what you're doing out there and what you're putting down oh awesome dude and he liked what he heard as did i um thank you yeah, absolutely. I want to you to recount to me your journey into music. You have before, and it was such an interesting story, and our audience needs to hear it. All potential creatives out there can glean something from your story, I'm sure. So wasn't mm -hmm. it about 17 or 18 you started seriously playing? or? Um, yeah, well... Yeah, probably 18, I would say. Yeah, 18, there was definitely a definitely turning point there. Like, I've been playing music in some capacity since I was three, uh, but it wasn't, it was just kind of something that I did. My parents said, you know, you got to take 
music lessons of some kind. So, uh, and they let me pick the instrument. My uncle was a fiddle player. So I was like, I want to do what uncle Mitch is doing. Um, so I started taking violin lessons, but it was, it was never like the big centerpiece of my life. Like some people find that really early on and that's, they know what they want, they, that they're going to be, they're going to be a musician. I didn't really have that until much later. Um, yeah, it was, I think it was when I was 18. Um, and I was definitely, definitely a wanderer. Uh, I had done, I had finished one year of college and was kind of, kind of in between living situations. Um, and I was bumming around on, on friends' couches and stuff like that in the, the DC area. And I went, well, if I'm going to be kind of homeless, why don't I go try, like, let's get more real with it. Um, and I always wanted to spend time out on the West coast. So I, I flew out on a, a buddy pass, um, to California and I just started traveling. Um, so a little bit of hitchhiking, uh, some riding on the trains. And, um, I, I, I found myself in Santa Cruz at one point, um, in, in, didn't really have, I, I think up until then I'd had really good luck in terms of like finding places to crash and maybe someone I knew or, or something. And I, I this one night in Santa Cruz, I was just kind of stuck. Uh, and I got out the guitar and, and started playing and crowds gathered around and people were listening and throwing money and going, Hey, like, do you have an album out or something? Like, I thought they were, you know, blowing smoke, but <laughs> they were for real. I was like, no, like, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe I've got something here. Oh, definitely. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I think then I started going, yeah, I, I, I could do this. Um, Dude, so yeah, that was, that was a pivotal moment for me. Santa really Cruz has always got it. Yeah. Yeah. Like anytime. Yeah. Just, just thinking back to the, those times and even like, and then like, within, you know, a couple of days being in Santa Cruz, like I, you know, I didn't know that many songs. So I, you know, played through all the songs a few times that I knew. Like, I need to, I need some new songs. Uh, so I was just sitting on the, uh, the Fisherman's Wharf writing some music kind of about my experiences over the last few days. And while I was writing, I wasn't even playing the whole, I was, you know, kind of figuring it out. And two different people came up and handed me five bucks each. And I was like, no, I'm not, I was like, this isn't a performance. I'm not busking. I'm just writing. They're like, we love it. Here, play more. I was, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> so I, I think that's when when music became kind of a, a vocation to me. I don't know if I called it a profession at that point, but it was something that I was doing in in a way that like this is this is I'm I'm making my bread with this. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that was the big turning point there. Do you um, feel like like um, sort of cutting off that safety net by going out to a land that you're not fully acclimated in and comfortable in do you think that opened the door for those fortuitous experiences of like meeting really cool people and like having them i because when you say that it almost sounds like the universe or god or whatever was mm -hmm. like yes yeah. this is what you're supposed to be doing leafy that's a very good question um and and very well worded um and i hadn't I don't think I've really thought about that recently. I think that has something like that has occurred to me before. Um, but it's funny that you should bring that up now. Cause I, I just started reading this book uh, that my father gave me actually called wander mm. by Sterling Hayden. And that seems to be one of the central themes of it is that security is, is the death of, of dreams and freedom. Mm. Um, <laughs> Ooh, okay. um, he was a, he was a Hollywood actor in like the fifties, like the golden age of Hollywood making stupid money. And he was miserable. He hated the whole thing. He resents it. And he, he just wants to have this, he's got this schooner that he wants to take his kids on and he just wants to go. He wants to cast off and go. And, but it's, it's like, it's hard to walk away when you're making a hundred thousand dollars a month. <laughs> Could imagine right. the security and all that yep. stuff. It's hard to be real. Um, 
uh, he had a, a line in there about, oh man, I wish, I think I've got it written down somewhere. I'll maybe bring it up later. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, actually me, did I? I got to pull this up. Oh yeah, please. Um, no, but that's that's so cool to have gone over there. Complete strangers come up to you and are just digging what you're doing. Were you doing your own original music at that yeah. time? Okay. Yeah, cool. only some though. I had, um, actually I'm trying to think. Well, yeah, I had I had maybe five originals at that point. Okay, mm-hmm. um, it's yeah. many more now, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, yeah, not as many. Like I'm not as prolific a songwriter as maybe most songwriters I know. I talk to lots of songwriters. Oh, I've written three hundred songs. I've written a thousand <laughs> songs. I've written four thousand songs. What are you talking um, about? That's crazy. Yeah, I'm like I've written fifty songs. No, still impressive. <laughs> I'd say. I don't know. I've been at it a while, so I feel like I haven't I haven't written much lately. Um, which is that's that's been bothering me, but I think I think I've got that kind of figured out too, and that's just a matter of I I write best. I, I'm most inspired when I'm uncomfortable, mm, okay. <laughs> and then I, I write the best when I'm alone. And unfortunately, or fortunately, my life has been largely comfortable recently, and not much alone time. I've I've got a wife and three kids, wonderful family, uh, and that's. That's not great for uh, for putting out great art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, p- peace and quiet yeah. is seldom found. I'm sure. Yeah, Caitlin, Caitlin will complain. Uh, not not really complain, but she'll she'll tease me like, oh, you wrote all these songs for these other girls. You never write me any songs. And, and I've written her some. I'm like, yeah, you, you're you're too nice to me. You haven't you haven't broken my heart hey, enough. Hey, hey, yeah. It's not good songwriting <laughs> material, I guess. But no, but what's his quote? Uh, the quote is to be truly challenging a voyage like a life must rest in a firm foundation of financial unrest firm foundation. <laughs> calling them out man calling out those safe people at those at those nine to fives where they have unrest. art in their heart that they're not expressing yeah and kind of go oh you know I'll I'll put that off until I'll save enough money and then I'll retire uh, which I'm I'm finding myself mentally not not the retirement trap, but falling into there. There are certain things that I want to do where I'm, where I'm going. I'm going to wait until I'm going to wait until I'm going to wait until yeah. wait until conditions are perfect. Uh, yeah, and conditions are they're never perfect. Yeah, right. perfect seems like it's just a concept. Yeah, like a mathematical concept that doesn't apply to actual human life. Yeah, even not even perfect, but good enough. Wait until the wait until the circumstances are right, mm. and if there's something that you really want to do, just do it. Just do it now. Yeah, um, that's. Dang. All right. Um, Dude, so Santa Cruz, you were playing on the dock by the bay, a la <laughs> Otis Redding. Yep. <laughs> and uh, you had these people come up to you as you were just putting together songs and, and paid for your time, essentially, in your yeah. art. Where, when did you start gigging regularly? What was the journey into that? Um, that was, so I, you know, I had to, I had to leave the West Coast and go back and, and finish school. I guess I didn't have to, you know, I, I'm saying I had to, it, it was, it was the best course of action for me, um, and and it, it really was. I was on. I had a, a scholarship, so uh, I finishing high school. I wasn't even a hundred percent committed to going to college, much to the dismay of my entire family. Um, but a friend of mine, like my my closest friend in high school, had applied to this school, uh, and his his uh, his resume and mine were like identical numerically, like almost the same SAT scores and GPA, and he got a full scholarship. So he was like, you should apply too. You'd probably get the same thing. So mm. I did and they offered it to me and I was like, well, that's free rent for four years. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Uh, and well, maybe I'll learn something. Yeah. What were you um, going for? 
uh like what degree or what what yeah. uh i didn't know at the when i first started it was like I, a general aa in the beginning it was nothing in particular i was undeclared okay. uh ended up declaring um that same friend was a an economics major and so we were having all these discussions about the stuff he was working on yeah. and and he um he pointed out that i kind of had an intuitive knack for it so he's like you should take an econ class uh and so i did and I had fun with it and was good at it so i took another one and another one and declared a major and finished it um and then i was also taking spanish classes and other languages and linguistics so like before i knew it i had half of that major and so i ended up with a, a double double degree in linguistics and economics um i knew i, I knew something because <laughs> i was talking to cameron about like your music mm-hmm. and one of the songs you're singing in spanish you yeah have like, a, 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 uh-huh. like two or so verses yep. and it's like whoa yeah, this is something else. Like just going, flowing in from like English to like Spanish lyrics, and it's like, woo. Yeah, I want to do more of that. I'm, I'm still. Uh, I, I used to have a much better command of Spanish, and even then, though, it wasn't so good that I could write good poetry in Spanish. Okay, yeah. so I feel like yeah, I feel like probably level. a native Spanish speaker would hear those lines and be like, ah, that's a little clunky. Well, hey, man, you're but, rolling your R's per, like in, in, in a natural way. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, that dude. pronunciation, I think I, I got pretty well from immersion. I lived in Peru for, for six months. I studied oh, over no there. Oh, no way, man. Yeah. Dude, I'm from Peru. No way. Yeah, from well, Lima. Okay, what part? Uh, Lima, closer to um, the, the neighborhood is like Via Maria, the Tunfo. Okay. Yeah, I, so I, I lived in Jesus Maria. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 dude, it's 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 so crazy. There's like a lot of like districts. They all have yeah. like, their own name, like yep. uh, San Marcos, yep. all that stuff. Yeah, yep. They have to run through a bunch of those. Yeah, what what yeah. were you doing in Peru? Oh, uh, I I went to school there for for a semester. Uh, I was doing kind of a you know a study abroad type of thing, uh, and I, I picked Peru because uh, well, I wanted to go to South America, um, you know, work on my Spanish basically, um, and. Most of the most of the people I knew were going to Argentina and Chile, mm. Um, mm. but I found a program in Peru that nobody was going to, and I went. Well, if like ideally, I'd go to all those places at some point, but just in case I don't get to go to all of them, I'm gonna go to the one place where nobody I know is gonna have stories from. Um, like I can vicariously, you know, experience Argentina and Chile from yeah. all these other people I know, but none of them are, you know, none of them are going that way. So let's do that. Right. Um, right. Do you remember the name of the the school that it was? The called? the University of the Pacific. Of the Pacific. The Pacifico. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's very small. It was, it was mostly like an econ and business school. So I was taking economics and economic history and all that. One of the only, in most of my classes, I was the only foreign student. It was cool. So it wasn't a like watered down right baby on, thing. Yeah. And there, it was funny. Their exams would be, um, they, you didn't have your name on them. It was like, it was uh, done anonymously. So when they're grading them, like they couldn't go easy on me. <laughs> so in the oh, beginning, okay. I was having my ass handed to me. <laughs> wait, um, how, how they, did they, wait, how did they? How did they grade that? Like, if they there'd be like an ID number that the professors don't know the students' ID numbers. Like, there's like an exam ID number, and so you just put the number on it, and so they don't know whose is whose. So that that way you can't they can't play favorites. Oh, yeah, it's a cool system. That is pretty cool. We need that over here, dude. Yep, that's crazy. Yep. Oh man. Uh, So I had to get like tutoring and stuff, but ended up doing doing quite quite well with it uh eventually but I, it, it definitely kicked my ass for like the first month were you also doing music in when you were in south america um a little bit uh i had a guitar so i was playing some uh and then i was in a i was actually in a cajon ensemble at the right, university as yeah. like an extracurricular um so that's uh, gonna be yeah. exciting it man. was great it yeah. was great um but i wasn't i wasn't gigging at that point i don't think i really started gigging because that was when i was so the the busking thing on the west coast i was 18 Peru was the year after I was 19. Hmm. Um, and then I got back, 
uh, I think I had played some open mics and stuff in the interim time, but I hadn't, I don't think I'd had a paying gig yet. Mm. Um, when I got back, a friend of mine who I had kind of played some music with before I left for Peru, he was starting a band uh, and asked me to join. And that band is, I think, where I started getting the first gigs. And so we just, we play on the, on the college, you know, the college campus bar that we had. Um, it was at University of Maryland, Baltimore County, mm. UMBC. Um, so the, the bar was called Flat Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> what was the band called? Mother Nature's Recipe. And, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I, I did not actually name it. Surprisingly, okay. in, Mar- in, in, in Maryland. Yep. Yeah. The, yep. Sweet name. Though. So yeah. uh, Old Bay has to be a part of that recipe too. Oh, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a hefty amount of Old Bay. <laughs> yep. Dude. Uh, no, the name. The name came from. Uh, we were. We were trying to figure out what what music was to us, what music meant to us, like, and, and they started talking about how, you know, people see it as kind of this extra thing, but for us, it's really a just, it's, it's a, it's an integral, necessary part of life. It's a, it's a bare necessity, somebody said. Mm, uh, and yeah. like, Mother Nature's Recipe, and started singing the, oh, the bare necessities, <laughs> the simple pivot. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's where the name came from. A little Jungle Book inspiration yep. there. That's yeah. cool. Nature's Recipe, that's a trademark there. Yeah. Uh, and when you were telling me of your travails as a, uh, you know, young upstart musician, you, I thought a lot of it happened in, on the West Coast. So when, when did you have like an itch to go back playing in Mother Nature's Recipe? Did you have an itch like, oh man, my, my home is over there, <laughs> dude? Um, I, w- I was enjoying what I was doing there. But yeah, there was definitely, I mean, a, I think a piece of my... I mean, a, a piece of me was born in Santa Cruz, right? That mm. on that trip, so that's always been like kind of sacred ground for me. I go back, I can find the exact spot, um, and that was also like it was the first first spot I like performed for people like that. Um, and then, and it was also Santa Cruz is the first place I ever spent the night on the street with a bunch of homeless people. Uh, <laughs> And uh, that was a coming of age experience for me too. Character so like, building. Yeah, uh, within you know, just in a matter of days, I went from being one person to being like I was still the same person, but I I grew up a lot. Right. Oh yeah, uh, and just learned a lot about my nature and human nature, and yeah, it's like the real world, you know, the yeah. real real world, the jungle, the concrete jungle. It's you know, um, it, it did like, I, and I feel how easy. It, it comes to you to speak with people and to make people feel comfortable around you. Do you think you learned that out there? Or have you always had that quality? Uh, no, I don't think I've always had that quality. Um, yeah, I think, I think I learned a lot of that out there. Um, maybe not entirely, but that definitely was, I mean, that's, that's a necessary skill. You know, when you, when you have nothing and there's just, there's lots of different people that you're going to be interacting with um so you you yeah a you have to you have to learn how to you have to learn how to quickly quickly judge for lack of a better word you know somebody's intent towards you is this person going to help me are they going to hurt me uh are they indifferent to me are they afraid of me um Mm. and then you have to learn how to um yeah how to how to interact with them in a way that is going to a keep you safe, <laughs> um, yeah. and then and B hopefully you know improve your improve your chances of overall survival and success. And whatnot. <laughs> yeah, um, it's best case scenario. And, and a lot of them are on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no judgment, but yeah, if it's a fact, it's a fact. So, yeah, yeah. Mo- mostly. I mean the the 
cool thing um, or kind of the the inspiring thing was most of them were like, yeah, a lot of people had drug addictions and all kinds of problems, but were um, like in their hearts, good people, including like and, and some of them were, you know, shoplifting and stuff like that. You know, they're criminals, but they you could tell that most of them, they're looking out for each other. They're looking out for you. But there are definitely some where you could tell that like, oh, that guy's going to cut my throat in the middle of the night. Oh, <laughs> weird. If, if I give him if I give him a reason to and that reason could be like. He sees 20 bucks on me. Oh, um, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and so you learn, like, that, I mean, it, that scared the shit out of me. Um, and uh, and so I learned to kind of kind of make friends with other people who I had just met for the for the purpose of safety. Yes. Uh, like, who am I camping with tonight? Um, <laughs> Quickly find that person and yeah. befriend them. Yep. Dude, that's, that's insane. Like, what... Was that a 180 degree difference from where you were coming from oh, yeah. in Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in Baltimore, I wasn't on the streets at all. I was staying in a dorm. Like it was 100%, you know, normal, safe, easy college life. <laughs> Dude, how did you not die? <laughs> how are you? How are you alive? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that... just dumb luck. It could, like, you know, maybe parallel universe Leafy Green is dead in a ditch in, in Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> Never made it past 18. I sincerely um. hope not. <laughs> but, like, okay, so you, yeah, you went over there, you went, you, you went over there, got the, got the bug, had an inner transformation, came back, Mother Nature's recipe, plenty of old bay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go back out west. It, like I didn't make it out west again for a long time, actually. Really? Yeah. So, so um, yeah, where do you I go? I kind of got. There? I think I got. I got distracted with academics. Okay. <laughs> um, I was I was good at it back then. I was I was uh you know they wanted me to go to grad school, get a PhD, all that stuff, and I I looked into that, um and and determined that it wasn't for me at least not at that moment. That was actually its own kind of the 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 discernment of that of that path and which way do I go was, was, uh, was really challenging. And I had, uh, advisors that were one in particular was pressuring me really hard to go to grad school. And that was all on the economics route. Yep. Mm. Uh, there was a little bit of pressure from the linguistics department. You know, we've got this, you could do this PhD program over here, but they were, they were less aggressive about it. Yeah. Tug um, of war. What's sure. that? Like a tug of war. Pretty yep. Much. Yep. I mean, people, I mean, people see themselves in you and they want, you know, they, they want to, they want to live through you in that way too. And it's, and that's yeah. a good, I mean, that's a good thing. That's, that's, they cared. They loved me. You know, they, they were, they were trying to look out for me. They see the potential yeah. in you and, yeah. they, and they don't want that to be squandered. Totally understood. You don't want to throw your life away being a starving artist. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, no, no, no. Was there a moment, a definitive moment of like, nah, I gotta, I gotta make this music, man. I, this yeah. economic stuff is cool, but I gotta make, the, I gotta, crunch, I, I can't be crunching these numbers. I think I was feeling that way in general uh i was just looking at my behavior over the last you know the last couple of years of school where you know i'd have an exam on friday and a show with mother nature's recipe friday night and what was i doing on thursday i was i was getting ready for the show <laughs> yeah you naturally were flowing that, towards that's where what i was going. that's where my passion was mm -hmm. um and so i was I was torn about it for a while and there were there were two things uh two things that came up that really helped decide it for me and that was on the econ side where I I spoke with some econ PhD candidates who were going through the experience um and you know they found it fulfilling but 
they they I, I found this this theme and talking to a few different ones where and you know some of it was just reading blogs and stuff others was actually calling them up and you know and asking them questions uh and they all said that it's a 100 percent of your life at that time commitment if there's anything else that you are excited about that you're passionate about it has to go away until you're done with this mm. you can't do both right what? or you or you will fail an econ PhD is a really, really rigorous program. How long is it? Um, I think it's a total of five years normally. Damn, yeah. dude, you got to put your life yep. on hold for five yep. years? And you can, you, I think you can get it done in less, but yeah, like, but... yeah. And it's I'm sure at there's least like three. A, yeah. There's like a dissertation or like some yep. kind of master thesis at yep. the end of it all. All that. And then yep. like, it's 100% focus at that point. Yeah. Like, yeah. And a lot of people end up dropping out of them, not because they, they can't cut it, but they get through the first part. Uh, and then like Wall Street companies will be like, hey, we'll give you a quarter million dollars a year to just come work for us. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to go do that. Right. <laughs> Fair enough, dude. Like, OK, like what what about economics? Not to not to detour, but like what what about economics interests you at the at the time? I mean, you said your friend gave you the hint to go to the introductory classes. Yeah, we was... just have discussions about kind of just basic economic theory. And it's really I, I think economics is uh, a great framework for analyzing everything going on in the world. And, and it's been, honestly, I'm glad that I studied it. I'm glad I have that discipline because I think it's given me an edge as an artist. Really? Uh, yeah, I think. Can I think you give me an example if, if, if you can think? An example? Uh, man, off the top of my head, that's, that's hard to come up with. Um, I mean, to go to the most basics, I, I mean, economics is, you know, you have the study of supply and demand, right? Mm -hmm. So you look at, okay, there's, there's more of this, uh, so the, the price goes down, right? Unless the demand goes up. Um, and you've got, um, you've got different, different goods can be substitutes for each other. Right. So like if I've got, uh, if I've got an apple, I can sell it and say, I can sell it for two bucks. Right. You come along and you've got a similar apple and you're like, Hey, I'll sell this apple for a dollar. Well, if it's close enough, someone's like, I'm going to take that apple. But what if my apple is different from yours in some way, right? Mm. And like, say, let's say you have a ton of apples that you can sell for a dollar, but mine, mine is different. Well, th if I can differentiate that, that product, if we're not, if your apples are not a good substitute for my apples, I can charge more money for my apple. Mm. Got you. So. Wow. Limited edition apple. <laughs> There's that. And that's, that's sort of gimmicky. Um, but what if it's, what if it's actually a different flavor? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so where that, where that kind of, where the analogy comes together for me right now is you look around the Tampa Bay area and how many, how many guys with guitars are there? It's quite a bit. 10,000. I would say <laughs> an ocean. You, you, there's probably one playing at a, at whatever the nearest restaurant is down the street, right, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right now. Um, I'm a guy with a guitar and a violin. That is a service, a, a, a highly sought after service. Cause dude, yeah. It's just, and it's scarce. You rip both too. Thank like you, like you rip it up on, on either instrument too. So that helps. But so yeah, the differentiation, the shaking of the herd yep. or becoming your own thing. And, and, and having a smaller supply of what it is that I offer. And then, yeah, the other thing too, is if, if you, if you gig constantly, there's a lot of supply of you. Is there enough demand for that supply. Mm. No, well, guess what? Your price goes down or your, your draw goes down. Right. Okay. So, so I've, 
kind of always kept a, a close eye on that. I try not to play in the same area too much. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, sort of leave them wanting yep. after a while. You want, you want the supply to be like just less than the demand. That's the sweet spot. Uh-huh. It's very intricate, it yeah. seems. I heard that a lot when it comes to like not scheduling gigs within, like you said, the same area or yep. like the same week as another big one coming up. Yep. You just don't want to lose them to be, oh, we'll just go to this one instead. Yep. And a lot of, I think a lot of musicians can kind of un- intuitively understand the basis of that, but a lot of us don't also. Yeah. <laughs> go, yeah. I don't know why no one showed up. Well, you played down the street last night and then you played two blocks away two nights ago. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there ain't no demand <laughs> in sight, brother. <laughs> and it's not that there's no demand, like they do have their fan base, but yeah, if you've got, if there are a hundred people in this town that love your music, well, not all of them are going to come out all the time, right? Nobody can make all the shows, right? So let's say, you know, you can you can expect to draw twenty percent of them. All right, there's there's twenty of them. Well, if you have a show once a month in that area and twenty people come out, that's solid. That's not bad. No, oh, yeah. But if you have twenty shows in that month, you probably only get one person to come out at each one. Uh, Damn. Okay. So so you do have to sort of pace yourself. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I used to think as like just starting out musician, coming from playing in my bedroom just to like make myself happy to like playing out i would think like yeah it's the the goal is to have a gig every night of the week or every other (laughs) night of the week at these maybe three or four places and like that'll shoot me to the moon but i'm kind of picking up now from what you're saying like no differentiation is your friend yep and like variety traveling to other markets that there's no they don't even know yeah. about you well, no, and those are those are kind of two different concepts working together okay. so yeah the one the one is kind of figuring out who you are as an artist and how you're how are you different from everybody else and and this is a it's a it's sort of a tricky conversation to have uh and it's this is probably the hardest part of being me is that on the one hand i'm an artist on the other hand i'm an economist slash business person right and and those often don't sit well together I, I was i was talking to uh actually i have i, I mean i want to have this conversation with a friend because we were we were texting back and forth and he was we were supposed to to get together work on some music and he got a gig offer that came up uh it's my friend jay santi um and the gig offer came up and he's like ah, i'm feeling kind of overwhelmed i don't want to cancel on you and i was like does it pay well He's like, yeah, it's a good paying gig. I was like, dude, go get that Just money. Do it. <laughs> go yeah. get the money. He's like, ah, I really. He's like, I haven't come to terms or haven't, you know, I, I can't remember the the phrasing is, but like, I really haven't like, I really don't like the idea of doing this for the money. And I was like, we should have a conversation about that, and we should record it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe we'll you. come in here and we'll, we'll have that have yeah. that conversation. I, I know Jay Santi. That go that dude's cool. As he's heck. he's a killer. He's um, very cool. Yeah, he's great. We're we've actually got a duo show coming up uh, May twenty eighth at Toasted Monkey. Hell if this yeah. if this episode airs before that. You guys come out and see it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll have the whole uh, Blank Sutra army come nice, out and uh, nice. storm that place. The masses <laughs> are aware. Of the it, masses man. are yeah. aware. A low rumble is starting. Nice, and they're coming. Maybe over. we can have yeah. the conversation about doing it for the money on Yo, stage. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's an idea. No, for sure. Did you ever grapple with that? I still do. Honestly, I still do. Because uh, it's not. None of us really do this for the money. You know if. If if money were the only reason we were doing like if that's if that's the primary goal you're in the wrong business because probably you're not gonna make that much of it. Yes, sir. Um, no. You can, uh, and and I, and I think it's not it's not just 
random chance, but it's there are way easier ways to make lots of money. No, uh, for sure, no. <laughs> for sure. Um, so it, there really, you know, you know, there there has to be a passion for this. But it's it's mixing passion and business is considered a big no no amongst like accountants and and business consultants and stuff like that. Amongst people that don't understand what passion is. Yep, but do understand what money is. True, 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 <laughs> true. Okay, fair point. So having one foot in each of these worlds is like it's immensely uh uh challenging for me bro yes um do you, do you feel like because i understand from our past conversations recently you are interested in artist management um yeah and working with businesses as opposed to just being like le the leafy green show and the various vikings like all, a full, full bore yeah do you think you can you would bring in an objective perspective to somebody who came to you who was promising had that potential that the advisors saw in you for the econ program mm. you know I don't know if I could say objective but an outside perspective uh, which is very valuable even if it's not perfectly objective somebody on the outside looking in it's like and, and, I, and I think we all need that like I could give you a better perspective than and you have than than you on your own can have right because yes. you're just you're seeing through my eyes and yours and you could do the same thing for me it's not that i'm a guru and i can solve your problems but it's the fact that you can see me in a way that i can't see me and vice versa mm. uh, and that's and that's why it's it's so important to have a music scene and a music community where people get together uh it's part of the reason i was so excited to come on this podcast because we've got two musicians getting together with other musicians from time to time and oh, yeah. talking and that is priceless yeah, and in in what in what sense do you consider it priceless? Because I agree, but in in what sense do you consider it priceless? Uh, because it 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 allows us to to see through each other's eyes when we when we get together and talk. Like you're you're gonna get something different out of this conversation, and I'm I'm gonna gain something out of it. And and listening to your, your podcast, I haven't listened to all the episodes, but I always get something out of it, uh, oh, cool. both as a musician, as an artist, as a human being. Yeah, um, cool. Man. And that's I mean I think we're not doing enough of that in, in our era. Uh, right. I think, I think these kind of conversations used to happen a lot more before the age of, of modern communication technology. Ironically, it's too easy for us to just sit at home and scroll through social media. Yeah. Um, way <laughs> yeah. easy. Um, so, and, and that's not to, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not anti-technology. I'm not, I'm not lamenting the, the, the existence of this technology because the beauty of it is well now we can sit and have this conversation and an infinite number of other people can benefit from it yeah, if they yeah. find it absolutely um, so it's, Join it's, in. it's yeah absolutely. Um, yeah that, that's like sort of the motivation i think for us is to bring on artists in the local community and you framing it as like a, a resurgence of like a music scene yeah that's that's a great north star for us to to, to point toward because like i don't know i love playing music i love making music i've made countless stuff with carlos we enjoy each other i love playing with you the few times i have i love talking to you but like likewise yeah man but like th this is very important to just talk no yeah. no phones in sight or no no phones that are on in front of our faces you know like we're just yeah i've got mine out for looking at that quote you know what i should have brought the book you know, uh, you know what i'm saying man no but like, oh now i know what song i gotta send you guys for this episode yeah dude got, okay gotta cool. be lost at sea there's a line in it 
No, no cell phones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what if we were lost at sea <laughs> um, on a boat, just me, you and me, no cell phones, no society, and the world just let us be? And I'll I'll, I'll play that song in in the bars and stuff, and sometimes nobody's listening, but every now and then, like I'll, I'll watch people. I'm at, like I'll see. I wrote this song while I was people watching playing shows, mm. uh, and you know you go out. And there'd be, you know, people out on date night and they're both on their phones yeah. texting other people the entire <laughs> no time. No eye contact. Yeah, it's, so it's crazy. insane. Um, and so, but sometimes they'll be half paying attention. And so like, I'll get to that line and then someone will be on their phone and be like. <laughs> <laughs> You're on stage like, I see you, it. buddy. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. But like, um, okay, so how does your... Um, I don't want to ask like the super hacky question of like, where do you get your ideas from? But like where, what inspires you? You say, you know, you're in public people watching and that song came to you then. Is it, is it more of your experiences or more if you're just sitting down and thinking to yourself or you start with a melody idea or a drum idea or something like that? I think it's, it, it's not uniform. I think that, you know, a lot of my songs are written in different ways. Um, but, I think the, there is a some kind of more common inspiration that I was in. It's definitely some kind of intense emotional experience that I'll have. So it'll be it'll be my reaction to something that I either observe or happens to me, um, and that's where yeah that that intense emotion comes. And, and when, when that intense emotion comes, it doesn't come just in the form of a feeling or just in the forms of words, but it comes in the form of usually words with a melody attached. Mm. Uh, so the line, the line will come to me, um, in one piece as, as a, as a, as a lyrical melody, I'll have the words and, and the, the words and melody right there. I won't know the chord structure yet, but I can sit down I'll go, okay, that's, I like that, that that's hitting, that's hitting me. And yeah. then, it, and, and like, and that further strengthens the overall experience of what's happening. And then I'll, you know, I need to get my hands on a guitar, figure out what the chords are there, write that down and, and hopefully, you know, just do a, a quick recording of it mm-hmm. somehow. Um, and then in the past, you know, that would happen like in whatever moment I'd be out somewhere, I'd be on an airplane, driving down, whatever it is. So I'd stop, you know, drop what I'm doing, get that little bit recorded mm. and then come back to it next time I have, you know, a couple hours on my own and flesh it out. Yeah. Uh, and that right there is why I haven't written much in the last few years. I don't have those hours to myself. So I've got all these like little orphan pieces of songs. Um. <laughs> these little mutated <laughs> little songs. No, did you? Okay, so do you, I, I would guess you have a lot of voice memos on your phone. Yeah. Of just like humming and, yep. or playing guitar. <laughs> so, okay. Do you, have you ever wrote a song from something that you recorded a while ago voice memos and then like stumbled back on and been like oh damn i was actually kind of onto something there like ah not for a it's been a long time since i have even done that yeah like i haven't even gone back and listened and so yeah Yeah. um and like and sometimes i'll just sometimes i'll I'll find it not recorded but like just written on paper or even like in the notepad on the phone i'm like oh yeah i remember that yeah and often the cool thing is oftentimes if i see the words i'll remember the melody too Mm. um that that's a trouble for me sometimes if i write the words the melody goes that does happen to me sometimes too. or like 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 the rhythm of the melody because sometimes you got to fit more words in to yep. finish the point it's know? tragic when that happens oh, i've, I've God, come across, I've come across those pages hurt, and notebooks dude. before i remember this how did no, it's gone. <laughs> no, it was it was beautiful it's, it's so gone good. forever it's, it's so good what the hell 
hell no. But uh, there's that. There's more where that came from. That's just kind of how I reassure myself. I'm just like, there's more where that came from. But yep. like, damn, that was cool though. Yeah, uh, but it's all right. Um, and surely the humming, you know, also helps to to capture that too. Yeah. Yeah, if, if I if I have that, like now that we now that I have this misery machine in my pocket, it is it is good for some things, and that's I mean the the fact that you can record stuff on it was one of the things that attracted me to the smartphone back in the day. Um, oh, sure, I remember when the iPhone first came out. I actually had a song lyric like kind of like uh, like poo pooing the iPhone. Like I don't need that. Ah, <laughs> it's just a status symbol. Yeah, um, and then uh, my friend showed me that you can literally record music with it, and I was like. Okay, I guess I want one. Shit. <laughs> and so, I, band. and I and I changed the song lyric. Yeah, you changed the song lyric. Yep. Nice, nice. Yep. Yeah. I mean, everybody's gonna pay Steve after a while, you know. Well, my like, my bassist, my bassist gave me so much crap when I got it. He's like, oh yeah, huh? <laughs> How'd that one song go? Verse. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He would just sing that line over, and I was like, all right, Damn. fine. I'll write a new line. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> it was it was all in good. It was of course, good natured fun. Of course. That's it's. It's it's humble of you and and uh, courageous of you, or it shows integrity that you changed the line, you know, or you retroactively yep. changed it. But yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know if there's a recording of it with the original lyric. There probably is somewhere, like a like on MySpace. I guess MySpace doesn't even exist anymore. But yeah, um, it's like a music website now or something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. It's not. It came so ahead like old now. it's yeah. so old now. Can't remember. Um, maybe I, I think I haven't done this in a while but I, I, back when I first changed it every now and then I'd use the old lyric and maybe I'll maybe bring out the old lyrics oh sometime. yeah throw, throw it in yeah I, there's there's a song that I I wrote in a moment like in a you know 10 minute moment all at once I just just wrote it under pressure that I played for like 10 years no more than 10 years uh exactly as I had written it uh lyrically and then like just last year I rewrote the verses <laughs> okay and it's and it's a better song now just um, to keep keep it fresh for you um or? to 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 com- to make it more me actually uh like to, to the further to, to have the meaning of it mean what i want to say mm. um i realized that the the lyrics as they were um didn't actually communicate what i wanted to communicate in that moment and i wrote it under pressure like the the song is about the it was it was uh it was in college end of freshman years this is before I went out on that homeless journey, oh, um, yeah. but uh we were having this we we'd all kind of I lived in this in this dorm hallway where we all kind of bonded together we had this great tight knit friend group that never existed again after that <laughs> like we were still friends and stuff but it's you know it's when you it's when never you bring the same. yeah um so we're having it was like the last Saturday night of the year um and uh, so we're having this party in my room um and. Uh, uh, one of the one of the girls on the floor. She lived next door, actually. Um, she was like very, very driven student. Um, you know, pre med, and her her parents were very very much on her case all the time. Like, got to be studying. Like, they'd call her multiple times a day to make sure she was still focused and not having fun. <laughs> <laughs> not um, having fun. <laughs> uh, <Very> in books. <laughs> not getting into trouble with people like me. No. Yeah. Um, uh, and so we we're having this party. We wanted her to stay, and, and you know, and and she's like, oh, "I got to study for this final." We we're like, "When's the final?" Like, it's on Wednesday. Like, it's Saturday. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so we we're like pleading with her, and I was like, "All right, just just stay and have one drink with us, just 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 for one." And and she was still adamant. And I was like, "What what would it take? What if I wrote you a song?" Mm-hmm. And then you know, like record the record needle you can write a song nobody knew i could do this at this point. oh okay. uh, yeah, secret secret nice. talent uh i wasn't even sure if i could do it i only written 
I think I said I had five songs, so I had four songs. <laughs> <laughs> this was number five. That's Somewhere <laughs> around there. Um, and she was like, all right, if it's a good song. Um, but I knew I, I, I couldn't like take an hour to write it. You know, I yeah. was on the clock here. Um, right so, there. so I wrote, I wrote the song right there. It took about 10 minutes, played it. Um, she stayed, had a drink. We had a good time. It was great. She did fine. She did great on the final. You know, there you go. Heck yeah. yeah. What yeah, a memory. She, she ended up, uh, getting MD PhD from Yale. So, mm. Oh, yep. shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't corrupt her too much. No. Prestige, for no. sure. And now she has a, a leafy green song, you know, that she could always point to. Yep. Dude. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, but yeah, so I ended up changing the lyrics though, because because I had written it under under pressure of time, I didn't. It didn't occur to me how some things might sound different in different contexts. Uh, and it basically, like listening to it, it it, it came across as is sort of creepy in a way. Uh, depending on, like, if you know me, not creepy at all. If you if you know who I am, yeah. then oh yeah, that's like it's it's innocent. Okay. But <laughs> there Why? are certain ways it could be interpreted that somebody brought to my attention last year. Oh, and I was like, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> it, it, could you, would you mind sharing one line? If oh, not, man. it's okay. You I almost want to. It's like a hidden meaning to in the lyrics? It's or? not even hidden. It's more just like there's different ways to interpret different okay. words. So like it's, it was, it was me trying to get her to just like relax, just let loose. Like, like don't be so uptight. You don't need to have your guard up all the time we're all your friends. You can trust us. Like just, just let your hair down with us. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have a drink. Right. Um, but in, in, like, in being somebody who's looking out for someone's best interest and wanting them to relax and have a good time and let their guard down. That's also something that predators do. I could see, I was just about to say, I can see where this could kind of go off yep. the road a little yep. bit. So I was listening to it and I was like, yeah, no, I think I think you're you're right. And and uh, Caitlin, my my wife, had actually pointed out to me that it, it, she's like that song kind of makes me uncomfortable. Uh, but she didn't really. Um, <laughs> Your wife, said but and that. It, but it wasn't it wasn't it was more that she was uncomfortable. Like and she clarified later, she's like, no, it's not the the song itself makes me uncomfortable. It's like I'm worried that people are gonna like like I know you, but other people don't know you. Yeah, um, fair enough. And so yeah, I know that you. You mean that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so like it basically the lyrics as they were written could come across as like a date rape song. Um, and I was like, I don't want that out there. And also things I've experienced since then, uh, I've, I've had, I've had some, uh, I've had some bad experiences of trusting people, some really bad experiences. Uh, so I'm, I'm listening to my own song going, Nope, keep your guard up. Oh. <laughs> you can't trust those people. Oh, don't. wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to put that out there. Um, and so, so I rewrote it, uh, and I only had to change a couple of lines to where it really, like, I, I think it does express, um, it, it's more, it, it, it hits the point better. Okay. Um, what a perspective shift though, you know? Yeah. You, you write a piece of art and it's sort of kept like a time capsule in one specific period and then some time goes by. Mm -hmm. Other people come into your life, other people leave your life and you gain these experiences and then you revisit that thing and you kind of look at it like, oh, wait a yeah. minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, and I think, I, think I, I had this kind of unconscious, I hadn't really put my finger on it, but I had an unconscious discomfort with the song, kind of following those, those interactions. At 18, I was a very innocent, trusting person. 
Mm. Um, and and there was some freedom in that, and I was trying to kind of share that with other people, right? Like mm. not just like everybody, everybody's looking out for you. Mm -hmm. Everybody's this is yeah, yeah. Uh, we're all family. We got your best interests <laughs> in mind. Let me tell. And you. I meant it, and, and I believed no, I, it. Really, I yeah. meant it, and I believed it. Yeah, you know? for uh, sure. So it wasn't, you know, you know. Two three months later, I'm in a you very a different crash world. Course, yeah, bro. <laughs> Holy shit, <laughs> that's so cool. Oh, uh, but uh, but I, I think I think I kept it the way it was so long that like, it, it had some some unconscious discomfort from from it, but I hadn't really fully analyzed it, and I kept it the way it was because for me, I was singing. I write all my music for me. Hmm. You know, it's like an album is like a photo. I'm like, this is this piece of my life. Yeah. Uh, and that, that like, it was word for word what I wrote in that moment. So playing it, I go right back to being in that room with my close friends in college. Yeah. Some very important people. Yeah. The smells um, come back. Yeah. Love. All of it. Yeah. You know? I love that. Um, and I so it was that. for me. So it didn't matter that, uh, you know, yeah. but when it, you know, in the last couple of years, I've been, I guess taking my role as an artist for other people more seriously. These these things are not just for me; they are for other people too. Uh, what what makes that shift come about? Because I'm still in the former. I'm still yeah. totally like I'm just gonna make this strictly for me. If you yeah. like it, that's that's a, that's the cherry on the Sunday. But I'm still gonna eat the Sunday. Yeah. If there is no cherry, on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. What I'm um, I think it's just a decision you make. You know, uh, and maybe maybe some songs. Maybe you decide some songs are just for you and some songs are for you and for others. Mm. Um, and sometimes that, I mean, sometimes you can write for a, an audience or you can just write for yourself and, and let other people in on it. Um, okay. And so, I don't know, maybe what I'll do is like, probably what I'll do is like, I, I what happened was, the, the reason it came up was I, I recorded this song. I did a, a my, my band played... Uh, a live, my, my five piece Leafy Green and the Various Vikings played this awesome show at the Hideaway Cafe like the last week it was open. Sold out show on a Tuesday night. Hell uh, yeah. We recorded it. We got a really good recording of it. I believe it. Um, and I had you know some some fans uh, that I, I shared it with who are um, one in particular is you know interested in supporting the project. He's like, you need we need to have an album of this stuff. Like, uh, so we're you know he he might be backing the project. Um, yeah. like, a, like a studio album uh, and so he was listening through this stuff and he's the one that, that started the conversation and really got me thinking about it he's like I like I don't like I, I I know that you don't mean it this way, but uh, can you tell me the backstory of this? Because it raised some questions. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're gonna have, to, you're gonna have a lot um, of explaining to do yeah. if this gets yep. heat under yeah. it. You know, um, which I think I mean that can be that can be it can be good to explain those things. I think that's a con like the 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 concept of trust and looking out for each other and our responsibility for each other that that's a conversation that hasn't actually been had enough. Mm. Um, you know, the, we, at least we have, we have an awareness of predatory behavior now, but that's really just, that's just the tip of it. You know, Definitely. um, like I, there's human beings are so complicated, uh, and I've seen all kinds of shit. <laughs> um, Very nuanced. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that, I'm hoping that that song actually could be part of that discussion at some point. Okay. That, that could, I could make a difference in the world in there that way. Go. Yeah. But I think I'd want the first impression of the song to be the one that like people get what I meant in my heart at the time. And my words didn't quite do that, you know? Yeah. Um, you were a but, different man. Yeah. So what I'd like, it, it, it wasn't so much that being a different man as it was just 
being able to figure out, being able to find the right words yeah. in, in a few minutes. You know, you were a, you were you were a, a baby songwriter at yeah. that point. So yep. there's no exactly. no fault, and and the vibe is still there as ever as the few as the couple yep. people that brought it up to you said, like you, we know your intent behind yep. those things, um, which leads me to ask it. Okay, so moving from I'm making these songs for me to these songs are for everybody. Is there a mission statement or a a vibe you are trying to ambassador when oh, you're putting man. things out now or writing things? I don't think I've, uh, I mean, this is a great conversation for us to have for me because I, 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 I don't have the words for that yet and mm. we might be able to find them here. Oh, yes. I feel very self-conscious about doing this Dude, in public in front of infinite people throughout the universe. <laughs> we're in a room right now. We're, we're in an intervention. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're just in a room. Potentially everyone will hear this someday. So yeah. I'm getting I'm getting that uh it's like worry. I'm getting some stage fright. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it, Leafy. It's no, okay. I think I think it's great though. Like it's just uh I'm being honest with where I am with that. Like I'm excited and terrified at the same time mm. that to, I, I feel naked, you know, no. um, You're, every, every, everything <laughs> is welcome here, brothers. No, yeah. ju no judgment. Yep. But I would just like to know if you, if you feel like we can work through that, because I mean, I can take a guess just based on what I've heard, uh, recorded and live that it is, you know, I feel like you are attempting to ease suffering in some way shape or form whether it's a song about that that is very personal to you or if it's a song about somebody else i feel like the the vein that's going down the leaflet of every song that you make is enjoyment postponing the obligations of day-to-day -day life just to be mm-hmm that's I don't know. What I get. Yeah, maybe not postponing, but yeah, uh, I think you're. Yeah, I think you're really close to it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like. I like that a lot, uh, especially the, the easing of suffering. Um, kind of, kind of the medicinal, um, properties of of music. Because yes. uh, I mean, music has been that for me, including like originally I wrote this stuff, for me. <laughs> a lot of it. In that case, I guess I mean that song literally was written for somebody else, uh, but it was for one particular person. Yeah, it had one job and it did its job. Who knew um, what you were thinking of at the time and was totally cool with yes. it, just for everybody out there. <laughs> yeah, in the context of what it was, that was entirely clear. Oh yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, I guess that was the first song that I actually like wrote for somebody else, um, and now it's. And then I played it for myself after that. Like I had the original audience and then the secondary audience was actually me. And like, this is a fun memory. I like mm -hmm. this. Uh, and, and the chorus of it is, it hasn't changed at all. Okay. Have a drink and stay for a while. Like it's, it's definitely a, Bro. it's definitely what you just said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't worry about those, uh, those, those things you feel like you have it's to do right Wednesday. now. It's on Wednesday. Chill, baby girl. We're chilling. Yeah. yeah. Pass anyways. You're going to kill it. Yeah, she crushed it. Yeah. Um, oh. But yeah, so that's, I think, yeah, I think easing of suffering is, is, is definitely a part of what I'd like to do, but there's, there's lots of different kinds of suffering too. Um, and so that's that, you know, your daily anxiety and workload and stuff. And that's a common one. Uh, that, I mean, many billions of dollars are spent and made on easing that suffering through different means. Um, right. Many, <laughs> some um, scrupulous and some not so scrupulous. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, what you're doing though is, I'd say, pretty much 100% healing. I, you know. Thank you. Yeah, 
for sure, dude. I've seen the people reacting to how you guys play or how you even play by yourself. But, <laughs> dude, right? when do you play at Ricky T's, just so people who hear this uh, As know. a band, it's normally on the first Fridays uh, and then solo second and fourth Thursdays. Okay. I uh, think I came on a first Friday one. Yeah. And that, that shit was slapping, Carlos. Dude, he had the rhythm section that's playing for jesus man these guys <laughs> were like gnarly and it it just it, it just bolstered an art already great art that you make like and you your vocals came through spotless the fiddle came through spotless and everybody up there was an assassin including yourself yeah musically uh i i feel i get a little bit of imposter syndrome maybe mm. there um on a technical level, I am by a wide margin the worst musician in the band. <laughs> and I did that on purpose. Yeah, um, yeah, dude. I mean, you're supposed to surround yourself with yeah, people. Yeah, no, exactly. I, and and, I, and I've, I've, I've tried to do that throughout the years, you know, like just, mm. yeah, surround myself with people smarter than me, better than me, right? Yeah. I have never done such a good job of that as I have with this band. Bro, <laughs> seriously. Shit. Seriously. Like, um, you guys were riding each song and ev people were dancing like they had some sort of ghost inside of them dude i i had never seen it i was like <laughs> looking at you guys and then looking at the crowd and looking at you guys and like i i think i i, I made eye contact with some like the band members as they were playing because like you know when you can when you look out into a crowd and you can see somebody you're like that guy or girl plays music because they're mm. paying way too much attention yep, yep. right now. Yep. And like, I think it was the drummer, your, your drummer who caught me staring at him because <laughs> I was just like, oh, and he, he looked at me and, and just gave me like a little nod. And I'm like, bro, you're, you're killing it right now, man. Where'd you Luis, find those guys? Uh, I found, I actually, I found Luis and Elias through Trace who plays saxophone with me sometimes. Um, he's not like a permanent band member because he's he's busy pursuing his own legend um oh. he's he's gonna be one of the top jazz saxophone players in the world um so he get, he gives me time when he has it um uh, but his his uh his weekends are usually booked out uh, doing doing his main thing yeah. um but i was i was sitting actually kind of having a conversation like this with him one day i met i met him at the north end tap house okay uh he was playing he was playing clarinet there which isn't even his main <laughs> instrument uh sitting in a, a jazz band and uh and I was like, hey, your performance, like all this was cool, but your performance really stuck out to me. Like I, I, that, I, I'm into what you're doing. What's it take to get you for a gig? Oh, uh, and, and, uh, like, what do, what, I, what do I need to pay you to play? Uh, I don't know if I should divulge the number he told me or not, but oh, okay. it, it was really low. <laughs> I was like, really? Seriously? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, well, I was like, first of all, you need to charge more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're nasty. You're nasty good, brother. So why don't you come, let, let's do something, uh, and I'll give you more than that. <laughs> yeah. <Yo. laughs> because you deserve it. <laughs> That's so cool. And was it just you and him initially? Uh, yeah. Um, so I can't I can't remember exactly how I had that booked, but I think we we got together, just just him and me, to like kind of see if what he did would fit with what I was doing and what would happen. And it was, we had a great little jam at his house. And then we just, we sat like this and we're just talking about kind of what we wanted out of music and where we were. And this was, this was right a few months after I moved here and everything had been flipped upside down from COVID. And like, mm -hmm. I was starting over from zero and reinventing myself okay. as an artist. Um, and he had just graduated from Berkeley and was inventing himself as an artist. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so we were talking, and uh, yeah, and I, guess, I guess the gigs, I think what I had lined up was just some duo stuff. Um, and and so I wanted to see if, yeah, I was like, let's let's bring him in on this. Um, but I told him what I wanted was to was to lead an epic band. You know, that like that, what I like, I've been doing this solo thing for a long time, and I really have more fun playing with other people. Uh, and I would, I just, I, I, I want to have a really awesome band. Yes, uh, and I've got some really good, like, I'm friends with some really good guitar players and all kinds of lead players. Now I've got you playing the saxophone, I've got violin players. I, I need a good rhythm section. I have not found a good drummer and bassist that are the level that I want and are available to work with and like you know all the I was like I, I need an awesome drummer and bass player and he's like oh I know the best guys in Tampa Bay oh uh, yeah he did. <laughs> <laughs> yes he did uh, and I was like cool would you introduce me and he's like yeah let me you know let me message them make sure it's cool if I give you their their numbers uh and so he you know messaged them and they were like yeah let's let's talk and I sent them my stuff and yeah. They're, I think I talked to them independently of each other, but they, uh, Lu, Luis and Elias, have played together in a bunch of bands. It kind of uh, shows. Most notably, the Alda Miola band, um, which which they're... when you said that <laughs> shit, I was like, what? <laughs> like, whoa, dude! Yeah, like... no, nah, they're, they're they're his electric band. Uh, <sighs> yeah, uh, and so is well, and so now the uh, <laughs> I guess I'm I'm skipping ahead. Oh, it's but, okay. Um, yeah, so they they're they're Al's electric band. Um, Damn. Yeah. Uh, and they are they are nasty together. Right? Very. Um, but I ended up gigging with Luis before Elias because the first thing that came up was just a duo gig. It wasn't a full band thing. I was playing at Bamboo Beach Bar, mm. and they they booked me to play there every Monday. And I was doing it solo for a while. And they, one of the can't, it was one of the owners or something. She would come by and be like, "Hey, like it needs to be more need more upbeat, more upbeat." And I'm like, "I'm playing as upbeat as I can play." One man game. This is a party place. And I was like, "All right, like party my place. my style is not like I don't." I'm not, I, I wasn't what they're looking for. And, and a lot of the people they had booked were doing, they had full backing tracks. They had like a full band sound. They're playing all, they're playing Sweet Caroline and all the usual, like that the stuff. The MP3s. Uh, yeah. Uh, which I, I was like, I'm not doing that. Hell no. <laughs> um, and I was like, how about this? Give me a little bit more money and I'll bring a drummer. And then it'll be a party. Me with a drummer, it's a party. Um, so they're like, all right, let's 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 give that a shot. And, and I had just talked to Luis and he was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm willing to play some. I was like, all right, we got our first gig opportunity. You free on this date? He's like, yeah, sure. So we hadn't even met in person yet. Wow. Uh, and so, you know, we meet in person for the first time and shake hands on the stage at Bamboo Beach Bar about 20 minutes before downbeat. He sets his stuff up. I set my stuff up. We start playing. I think the first song we played was Across the Lake, which is the song I wrote in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Uh, and he hit every single break. He he played it like he had played it a thousand times. Uh, and the whole crowd was up and dancing. They were like, you guys are amazing. How long have you been playing together? And we were like, four and a half minutes. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. not a single one of them believed us. Not, well, hey, <laughs> they don't have to. Only you two know. That's fine. Dude, that's sick. What What was the first show you played with with uh, all those guys, like Elias and, and um, Luis? And you usually, you had the guitar player with Carmelo you. Carmelo came night. much later. Carmelo didn't join until November, I think it was. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, and he's he's now also in the Aldemiola band. <laughs> I met Carmelo was introduced to me by Ilias. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, that dude rips. Uh, yeah, all he's, the same, he's insane. Carlos. It's fucking nasty. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, what? What did you have a moment where it was uh, the three of you playing together, and you were like, "Yeah, this is this. I ain't going back." Like, yeah. I mean, the the first show with all of us together, uh, I think was 
at the north. It was definitely at the North End Tap House. Okay. Um, and I think it was a four piece. So it was me, Luis, Elias, and uh, Jay Violin on violin, who he does not play with us anymore. Um, but it was it was an awesome lineup. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, people people literally like cried. Uh, <laughs> like what? I saw tears down people's faces from from our what? show. Yeah. Um, Dude, that's why that everybody asks about you when I go to the North End Tap House. They're just like, "Wait, oh. Sleepy changed my life. He played, he played and this was still, and this is still a few. This is, you know, this is still. I think this was twenty. It might have been early twenty twenty. It must have been twenty twenty one. Yeah, I think it was uh. spring of twenty twenty one. So we're still only like a year into COVID. So some people are there from all around the country. They haven't seen live music been in over a all, year. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they're getting hit with this. <laughs> high level military grade jams bro. right out from the shed yeah, yeah in, dude. on on a small stage in a small courtyard like you can't fit more than 150 people there yeah no you know? no was it did it pack up oh yeah yeah oh yeah uh it was it was magic uh and that place i mean they don't they don't have a budget for a band like that and i i can't remember the numbers there either but like i was i was in the red going into the gig you I, told me that yeah <laughs> i mean that's another testament to your integrity dude like you're like i'm gonna pay these people what they're worth no nah, i could never pay them what they're worth they're worth way too okay, much fair. i'm gonna i'm gonna pay them Try. the amount that that they need to that makes sense for them to come out you know i'm not gonna yeah. ask them to settle for for less than that yeah. um um that's very nice i mean i don't know if i could have <laughs> fair <laughs> so yeah. for me it was i mean that's honestly less that's less about integrity and more about strategy uh and kind of having the having the balls to do it and i and i think prior to that moment i didn't in in the past i'd, I'd kind of look okay you go all right how much money am i going to make from this all right well then i can afford to pay this much and and i and i look at it from a perspective of limitation right that's what's coming in so this is what's going out and and i there were there were people that i'd asked to play with me up in seattle where they're like oh i need this much and i was like no that's how much the gig pays i guess i can't work with him uh, um and i kind of wonder what would have happened if i had gone you know what okay i'll give you all the money yeah because <laughs> yeah. that's what i did here i was like all right these guys want this much that's what they need i they're that good like dude let's any, do it anybody with an earshot would be like holy sh yeah, like where Shit. did this? What, what? Who are you guys, and what are you doing here? Yeah. That's, that's that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, I was paying out of my own pocket to have this band on this stage. You know, and nobody does that. Nobody does um, that. And it ended up. I mean, it, it's sort. Of, it was sort of an investment in my future, where the the return on that investment was actually immediate. Like the the audience was so grateful. I made more in tips than that night than ever in my life. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I ended up being able to pay them more yeah. <laughs> and pay myself yeah. Um, hell yeah so yeah out. um so sometimes you just gotta do stuff like that you gotta take some risks yeah. um risk it to get the biscuit as yes. they say dude so nice what what was this recent tour you were on where you were traveling around brother? just in the last couple of weeks yeah uh that was with a totally different band which is a lot of fun okay um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so that's that's scratching my fiddle itch yeah um and uh, that that band is homegrown, the Zach Brown Band Experience. Uh, so it's a, it's a tribute band, mm. um, but they take it they take it very seriously. Like we we rehearsed for a year before doing a show, um, and they're not using any backing tracks. Which, um, I'm disappointed that I have to say that. But now that I've played out on the kind of tribute band circuit and had other tribute bands playing, uh, apparently 
some tribute bands are basically just doing karaoke. Or actually, there was one. There was one where they had they had the lead vocal in the backing track. What? And I was like, you guys are playing on the same stage as us, and it's it's just it's show business. They're dressed up like the artist. Yeah. They're dancing around. They're doing the thing. And I guess I mean maybe copy, copy and paste. Yeah. And I mean in their defense, maybe the artist that they're tributing does the same thing. Fair, <laughs> fair point. But Wait, for me as a musician, so. it like it it just hurts my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we worked for a year to yeah. get these parts right, to get these harmonies, to get all this. And you're gonna go up there and push play and dance around. And dance, literally. Yeah. Just dance. And Damn. and and if it were like more of a dance show, then I'd be like, okay, it's a dance show. But no, nah, like they're they're pretending to play music. Damn, uh, dude. And they're getting paid for yeah. it. Yeah. But you know, you guys actually put in the work and and yeah. did, did uh, what you and did. and I have uh, I I have so much admiration and respect for everybody in that band. Like they 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 put in the work. Um, and like, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say that that we give Zach Brown a run for his money, uh, but there's a fair comparison to be made. Zach Brown band is still better than us, but like people are coming to the shows and they're saying that, and I think they're wrong. <laughs> hey. I've, I've seen Zach Brown live, I've and I've 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 played in this band, and Zach Brown band is still crushing us. But they've been touring together for years, playing every night. Yeah, you know, they, like they have a head start. Yeah. yeah. Uh and like we're doing oh like I feel like we hold our own against them. Like if we were to if we were to go like if, if we were football teams, right? We could go out and play and they, they wouldn't completely smash us. They would win handily. Yeah. But like you well, know you hold your own. There have been there have been better uh there have been greater victories in the Super Bowl against you know the two best teams. Like we're we would be like we would be there. Yeah. Um dude, that's awesome. In in my humble opinion. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I might eat those words someday. Zach Brown's be like, fuck that guy. <laughs> Zach Brown's listening to this podcast. Zach Brown loves the blank sutra, so you're in hot water right now, Leafy. I hate to say it, but, no, but no. it's been it's been so good uh playing in that band too. Not only because I'm I'm playing I'm again in a band where I'm probably the worst musician in the band. Um <laughs> but um and so just that that makes me I don't feel bad about it. like I, I use I use terms like worst and, and fail. Like I, I like I like to say I failed at something. I love failing because yeah. I learn so much when I fail. I try, I fail, I get better. Yeah. Uh and so being the worst musician in the band, you get better. Like I was the worst wrestler on my wrestling team for a long time and got better. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be the best. I don't get any better. Um, so hanging with those guys maybe better, and then studying Jimmy Demartini, the the fiddle player in the Zach Brown band, like that has completely changed my fiddle game. Really, he does way cool stuff. I think he's classically trained, but now he's doing he's doing country, and so he's just he's a monster. And I'm having to listen to his parts and getting I don't get all of them note for note. Uh, I listening to their records and their live shows, he he plays things differently. At you know he. He improvises a lot, which is great. That means I can improvise. Yeah, yeah. Um, but some of them I do get note for note, and some I'm copping some of his licks and stuff. And like he does all this cool chromatic stuff, and he has these cool rhythm. Like it's and I, and I'm incorporating that into my music. Uh, and it's been so good for me. I've never I've never studied a person like that before. Like okay, yeah. that's musician. I'm gonna emulate what he's doing. I've never really had the um, the focus for that. I no. guess I should say, but. Yeah, right. They offered me this gig, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to do that." So, like, this is what I got to do. Right. Um, and it's been great. Uh, yeah, it's been great. Transcription to me is like the ultimate trickle down 
I think I don't know if I've done it on the podcast. You have. Yet, I, but, I listened okay. to that one. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, but like, so you're actually writing it out on a staff. The, no, 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 okay. no. It's all, all by or... ear. All by ear. Oh no, but the trans. Oh, so trans because so you're listening and just playing. Listening and just playing. Uh, I thought you were, when you said transcription. I thought you were actually writing it out of the music staff. I was like, damn, he is trained. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe someday, but as of right now, it's just to because I feel like it's more important to be able to hear something and then reiterate it back. Yeah. In real time, really quickly, yeah. as opposed to somebody flopping down a piece of paper in front of you with like a bunch of dots and lines on it. I mean, it's it's a worthy skill and and a, and a skill to acquire, but I feel like the ear is more important anyway. In in the kind of music that we do, it is true. Um, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you're a classical player, like no, you want to here's the sheet music, play it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I guess it depends yeah, all, on the persuasion. You know, sixty people of you sitting here, where you're gonna hear you you play your part. Yeah, um, very. It's yeah, it depends yeah. on the circumstance, but for what we do, yeah, for what we do, yeah. And I feel like it gets ingrained deeper. Like I had um I had a professor in in a college who I took an improvisation class uh for, uh Austin Vickery. One of the best. Literally Shout like out Vickery. insane saxophone player. Oh nice. Uh you know, he doesn't he doesn't look it, but the dude rips sa- every saxophone you can imagine. He's just like a woodwind genius. And so I just got a whole semester of sitting down with him. I was the only one in the class, too. Oh, that's amazing. I, I know, right? It was sick. You got a whole semester of private lessons? Yeah, dude, essentially. <laughs> kind of for free. But, like, you know, it was it was, it was very enlightening because uh, he, would, he, would, he was saying, like, you know, when I first started really taking saxophone seriously, I loved John Coltrane and I loved um, Charlie Parker, mm. you know. And so I just, I was told by my professors to just pour over their music, pour over their records and, and let it sink in, transcribe as much as you can go out to gigs and, and work these different licks, different lines, different motifs out in the context of a band. Hmm. And he said, like, I was discouraged when I first started doing it because people would come up to me and say, like, oh, you sound like Bird. You sound like Charlie Parker. <laughs> or, oh, man, you sound like, that's a John Coltrane kind of lick. You have, like, a John Coltrane sound. And he'd be like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> but, like, as the years go by and as you as you add more colors to your palette of different, yep. you know, artists that you're pulling from, that's where your sound yeah. comes from. Exactly. what he was trying to explain. So Brilliant. And, and that's the literally... When I felt like I was at a plateau and I needed to get better, it was through transcription that I got better. Yeah. Whether it's chords or solos or like listening to some, I don't know, like a a chord progression that I hear and trying to figure it out. Those are just little percentages of getting better. And then after a while, it just shows up in it comes to you naturally because it's in your brain. Yeah. And like I'm I'm sure you're writing melodies based off of like the the fiddle parts that you're coming up with or you know the different zach brown (laughs) sweetness that you're learning man i mean that's so cool i'm I'm glad you you, it's given you the opportunity to do that yeah it's uh it's funny how yeah you need that it's it's like not just the opportunity but the what's the word i guess impetus to do it right because zach brown i mean he's he's been around for a while i could have done it all this time but when somebody was like, hey, we're putting together this project, would you like to be the fiddle player? And like, oh, okay, now, now, now there's a reason to do it, I guess. Yes, uh, sure. And there was a reason to do it all along. I've benefited greatly from it, but yeah. 
but hey focusing focusing that energy on it it's been awesome better Um, late than never were you uh utilizing the fiddle uh you know these string instruments uh during that same time period like right from santa cruz Ooh, good question or or was it more of a recent change yeah the the answer is a big fat no not at all I was just another guy with a guitar. So you jumped in, yeah. No way. No way. It was it was harder to catch people's attention, and I, I still did. I mean, I guess not just a guy with a guitar. I was, you know, singing my heart out, singing my soul out to people, and I think, I think that that hits people, you know, when you're when you're really laying it out there. Uh, I wasn't even that good of a singer. I'm still not that good of a singer. I'm better now than I was, but there are you're too you know, modest. No, I mean, I, I'm I'm not saying I'm a bad singer, but. That's not, that's not my strong suit. I'm not, I'm not, it's not, I'm not, you know, I'm, it's not that, that amazing voice. That's not what people come for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I hear those voices sometimes where like, I could just, li- I don't care what this voice sings. It could be garbage, but yeah. that voice singing it, I'm going to listen to it because wow, yeah. I don't have that voice, you know? Um, it's, and, and I, I don't have, I haven't trained it that way, you know, maybe I could, I don't know. Um, but it's not, I'm not a master vocalist. Okay. You know? It's not, Yeah. That's not that's okay. yeah. That's not my ace. But uh, what, I'm I'm proud of my singing. Yeah. I think I think I'm a good singer. Uh, but um, but that's not what gets people's attention. It's not the excellence of my my singing. It's not the excellence of my guitar playing. It's not the excellence of my violin playing. All those things. I think I do all those things pretty well. Uh, but the one, I think the unifying theme in all of that is that I I'm really. I'm putting all of myself into every single one of those instruments the way I play them. Uh, and I think. I think especially the violin, actually. Really? Because uh, that's I, your uncle inspiration right yeah, there. Yeah, and, like, well, I started playing it when I was three. So you put that thing in my hands, and I am a child again. Dude. Uh, so it's real. All that, all the, all the terrible shit I learned later in life about <laughs> why I shouldn't be me. Uh, mm. And all, like, all the garbage that gets piled on you in life, it goes away when you put a violin in my hand. Uh, so picking it back up has just... It's it's been a life changing thing for me. That's so nice. I see. Th- I, it's funny because um, I was with some friends the other day, and uh, someone brought in a cello. Mm. And my friend Dylan, he used to play violin, you know, mm-hmm. in college. I I don't know like the the levels of it in orchestra. Um, and as soon as he started like trying to pick up like some of the notes and just like the positioning, it I I, I saw a different side of him that for a moment I was like, oh wow, it's like. You know, it's yeah. like he's reliving his uh-huh. youth again in just like a free form. And yep. it's like, it's, it's always great to just see something like that. Yeah. It strikes out. Unlock a new phase of a person you feel like you've known for quite some time, as as you with Dylan, for sure. Man, so would you say that the fiddle is your... If you had to play one instrument for the rest of your life... Oh, man. Desert Island. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a desert island situation, guitar. Okay. Um, yeah. Because because of its versatility, For I think sure. I could keep myself entertained a lot longer with the guitar. It's yeah, it's a rhythm instrument. It's a mm-hmm. it's a lead instrument. It's a drum. Uh, yeah. And and I use the I use the violin that way too, actually. And that's if I had a violin, and that's it. That's that's what would end up happening. I I'm hitting the thing sometimes, and I have a pickup in it now, so I can actually like hit it and it like and right. going through the sub like. Like oh, I can, really? I can have a whole beat on Get the violin. Get some body out of it, yeah. Yeah, I do that in my shows too. That's sick. Um, like one of one of the audience favorite things that I do now is just, I'll just get the violin out and make some shit up. Just you can just, just do that. Pull it out of my ass. Yeah. 
Like I'll start. I'll, usually I'll start. It's easiest to start with like kind of a rhythmic type of thing. So I'll like pluck it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's sort of like it's not bass register, but it's like got kind of a bass line there, a couple octaves up. Yeah. So I get that going. I'll loop that. Right. And then I'll, and then you get your drum line. Boom. You can hit the body of it. It's going through a sub and a pickup. So it sounds like a like a little weak little kick drum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you can you can, um, you know, uh, fingernail scrape the, the, the strings. So you got your snare. Yeah on the violin oh, so you got that going and then you then just just start going and they love it and i love it it's fun it is it's fun. creative like i'm like i i really want to start getting i've started just getting you know little video recordings on my phone of these shows i'm like some of it i'm like man did anyone get that because yeah. that could be a song dude uh, it doesn't it's not it's not always a home run sometimes like okay let's just end this now and they and they still love it but i was yeah. like i don't know that wasn't great but you, sometimes it's like holy shit like if I had that recorded, I could just put that on. Like people, like people would listen to that for the rest of eternity. Bro. But it's gone forever. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should make one of those. I, I know you say you're in sort of a, a writer's drought right now, but if if and when you make another body of work, it'd be cool to just do a track like that. Oh, I like, for sure have to. I'm yeah. like I'm like three albums behind on my life right now. <laughs> three albums and behind. And that's that's again that goes back to that thing I was talking about earlier where I run fall into the trap of waiting until the conditions are right. Like, oh I need this and this and this, do this and this and this. like ah, I just need to do. Because um, you can always like I think the fear is like I think I think there is a little bit of an of a experience basis for some of this. I've recorded some stuff in the past where I went, you know what? That really didn't do justice to this song. That's not really what I wanted. Mm. Um, but you can re-record songs. Yes. There's no one, no rule that says you can't. I think, I think in the old music industry that that is a rule. Like, oh, that song's out. That's done. It's not worth anything to anybody anymore because it's it's like nope, that's it. Mm. Uh, but they don't run the world. No, so, not anymore. Changed now, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a wild west. Out but I think there. I'm still stuck in that mindset. I'm like, oh, I don't want to record it and have it not be all that it could be, and then release it, and then that, that's that's how it is forever. It's stuck. Oh, you know, I, I still have that fear, but that's not actually uh, rational. No, I mean, it, it, it's fear is healthy, but yeah. I think with regards to your expression, it's sort of the time capsule thing we were talking about. Like you, you changed. A, the the words to a song <laughs> yep. literally like years after the fact so there is no hard and fast rule anymore to yeah. it you know it's and it's all good man it's all good there's songs that i've made that i want to re-record just different with different instrumentation and yep. a different vibe because i feel like similarly like i didn't capture the vibe well enough yeah the first time you know and that's totally okay man yeah the other thing for me is i while I, I, I guess I'm, I'm a veteran of the stage, right? I've, I've, I've spent thousands of hours performing for people on stage. Uh, and I, I yes. guess, and that, and so even while I still will feel like, still feel like I'm just making it up sometimes, you know, like yeah. I said, I have done it a lot. And so I can be confident in that. And that's, I, and I think that's why I don't get scared to go out. It's not that I'm like, oh, I'm not good enough to go on stage. Just like, I don't know if I got it figured out, but I'm doing this thing and, and it feels good. You know, I feel comfortable there. Um, maybe I think I feel more comfortable there than anywhere else, um, which is what I'm getting to. The studio, different story. I have not spent that much time in the studio. And so mm. my best work doesn't come in the studio. And I, you know, I, I get in the studio, I play, it's just, it's not there. There's something about... It's a different feeling out of it. Something about playing for people, right? Going back to that street in Santa Cruz. Uh, 
<laughs> it's a it is a two way yeah it's it's it's, it's, an it's almost like uh, the, it's not just me creating it it's us together creating it so even though this guy really not played a note of music in his life like the fact that he's there nodding his head looking at me like that is creating the music maybe as much as i am they're given something out yeah when they're watching yeah and you're giving them something obviously otherwise they wouldn't be standing around right mouth agape I think I'm. I think maybe as an artist, maybe what I'm just doing is giving them leadership. I'm, I'm leading them in the creation of this music. I'm the one who's got the instrument in my hand, but I couldn't do it without them. I can't. I I can't do it without them. I I suck in the studio <laughs> compared compared to on the stage. And I guess the difference there is that in the studio I don't have these people. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't have their energy. Mm. Uh, whereas on the stage, I can channel all those people's energy. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we uh, I did one song in a studio in Seattle on my album Set Sail. Um, is a cover of uh, AWOL Nation Sail, which people have <laughs> people have missed that it's a cover. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> it's so different from from the original. Do you um, shout Sail? No, okay. I sing it. I sing nice. it. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, and the whole thing is done uh, in in kind of a it's almost a wave of a meter. Like if you were to if you were to have a click track, you would see the like the clicks. They they start out farther apart and get closer together. And it, but it's like it's a consistent wave, like a sine wave, you know. Oh, nice. um, and uh, it took us forever to get this recording because they you know they're like all right, let's tap out the tempo and we did all and like it's just like nope, that's not it, that's not it. They're not capturing it. We ended up having uh, a handful of people come into the studio and dance in the big room. And I was in the vocal booth, so I could watch them dance. Because I, I made this song, uh, I, I developed this cover uh, at West Coast Swing Dance events. Oh. I, I originally, I originally learned it in the back seat of a car uh, on the way to a, it was on the, on the way to a party in Seattle. I've been hanging out with with a bunch of West Coast Swing dancers. That's how I, I think maybe oh. I told you the Seattle story, and that's what you, you were trying to get me to the West Coast earlier. We totally sidestepped. Yeah, we it. did for <laughs> quite a while, but that's okay. That's okay. But yeah, we're so we're sitting in in. Uh, in this guy Koichi's a uh, uh, condo, and just I think people were showing you were watching YouTube videos, right? And that that video of the cat jumping off the building. Did you see that one with, with <laughs> AWOL Nation sale? There's this video of a cat. He's he's like on this building behind some laundry or something, and like the song comes on, da 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 da, and the cat like gets up, boom, bump, 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 and he's walking around the edge. And it's all dramatic, right? And then right when he goes, sail, the cat just jumps off the edge and goes, <laughs> And that's the end of the video, right? It was, oh, wow. it was this viral video that's like sweet. 15 years ago. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Look it up. Cat sail video. Okay. Anyway, we were that, and that song was like, had just come out. I think it was real big at the mm -hmm. time. And someone's like, can't do that in acoustic guitar. <laughs> Hold my beer. Yep. Said Leafy Green. <laughs> like, oh, we got to go to this party. I was like, all right, I'll take the guitar in the car. So I sat in the back seat, worked out my cover of it. Um, played it at the party people loved it started playing it for the for the dance events um and a lot of what i did from like 2011 to 2014 was play for west coast swing dance events and then like some fusion dancing blues um it's a, it's how, a, you, how are you managing that were you playing by yourself or yeah. what the f how do you play <laughs> for swing so it's not it's not it's not your like Lindy Hop, East Coast Swing. It's not the like jazzy, bah, bah, da, yeah, da. big it's, band. That's what nah, I'm thinking. Yeah, no, it's not that. West Coast Swing is West Coast Swing is a real versatile dance that's done to. You can do it to 
almost any kind of music that's in 4-4 um, okay. and in the right. Like, there's certain rhythms that, that you kind of need, but it's evolved over, like, they did it to disco in the 70s. They did it to whatever music is popular, people will can dance West Coast Swing to it. Um, and so there was a little bit of a thing in, like, the early, right around 2010, the acoustic covers were starting to become popular. Um, and then in, also in 2010, I guess it was, it was, it was the late, zeros what do you call that the aughts like 2008 yeah, 2009 the the acoustic covers becoming popular 2010 flash mobs are becoming popular throughout yeah. oh damn everywhere right I forgot all about and so that. there was a west coast swing flash mob right this one couple in texas choreographed this really easy, basic routine that was you know repetitive and anybody could learn it and so they taught their whole like their whole dance scene this this uh this this choreography to this usher song dj got us falling in love oh, and yeah. they went out to a mall and they put on a boom box and two of them start dancing and then two more come over and before you know it the whole like like they're all dancing this choreography and everyone's like this is crazy like, you know yeah, oh, it's yeah. Flash Mob. Awesome. Yeah. and so they put a video online of that and all the other west coast swing dance scenes around the world were like that's cool we should do that in our city um and so for like months at every west coast swing dance they were playing this usher song like 15 times just to practice or yeah they want okay. to practice the choreography to get ready for their big flash mob right mm -hmm. <laughs> uh at that time, I had just graduated, was still kind of like, do I go get a PhD or not? I, I think I'd already decided, like, no, I'm going to go for music. And so I, I but I needed a, a job, right? So I was, I was doing uh, um, kind of some production work, sound, lighting, dance floors for this, this company that did West Coast swing dance events and ballroom dance events and stuff. And my boss, uh, he and I were putting, a, we were installing a dance floor one day in the, at the height of the, the DJ got us falling in love, uh, flash mob. Mm era or the yeah. <laughs> it was like season i guess yes um and and th that song came on and and he was he just kind of shook his head he's like again <laughs> please um, <laughs> and he's like you know if you did an acoustic version of this song i could make it a big hit on the west coast swing dance scene and i was like you're on uh did so you? i i recorded it like, oh. so i mapped the whole thing out i got the tempo like i, I put more planning into that song than any song ever because I, I was like this is my big chance, right? Yeah, yeah. Recorded it, gave it to him. He played it. Almost no reaction the whole time. He's just kind of like, kind of nods a little bit. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't sound bad, but no one's going to dance to it. What? Did, 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 did they test it? Nope. Man, what the fuck? <laughs> well, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, but, uh, another someone who had who kind of worked for that company a little bit um she i think she she played it one day she would she would be like the backup dj when when he was out of town um but she, she would only be on when like it was like there'd be like nobody there so she played it one time and she was like yeah yeah i, I played your song and there were six people dancing to it it was great um, <laughs> thanks. um <laughs> thanks a lot. she did her best right yeah for sure uh, but then three months was like three months later uh so i, I put it on I, I was releasing an ep of my original stuff so i just stuck it on that i was like oh, i think it's still cool i'm gonna put it on there yeah, why not? it doesn't sound like the rest of the record but whatever yeah, yeah. um and uh so i put it on that ep uh, and then three months later, we were doing like our biggest event of the year. It's called Mad Jams in, in, in March in Washington, D.C. Um, and and that uh, that DJ was there uh, and she wasn't she wasn't working that day. She was like, you know, the backup DJ for the small events, I guess. Um, he he should have let her do more. But <laughs> um, but uh, she was like, hey, Leafy, like I know I know Dave doesn't think the song is good for West Coast Swing, but I really think it is. I want to dance with you to that song. That's like, very sweet. Please give it give it to the DJs and just 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 see if they'll play it. 
I was like, all right, but Dave has been insistent that it's really not, you know, and this is like the event. This is the biggest one of the year. This is huge. There's like 1,500 people here. Oh, uh, so I take my little CD over to the DJ. I'm like, hey, will you play the song there? Mm. Um, and she looks at me and she's like, wait, is this your music? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, and she roll, she literally rolls her eyes at me. I'm like, oh, this is not oh, geez. And I go back to my friend. I'm like, hey, this is, uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and so uh, she ends up leaving the ballroom. And I'm just kind of like sitting there uh, by the door. Uh, and some girl comes up, starts talking to me like, hey, you want to dance? I was like, I don't really know how to dance. She's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Val very yeah, valid very question. Valid I was like, question, I was like or, or, uh, or, yeah, or, I, I don't know if she said, what, what are you doing? I was like, She's like, oh, you don't dance? I was like, what do you do? Uh, I think it was that. And I was like, well, I do dance floors and sound and lights and I'm a musician. And I'm like, a oh, nice person. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't mean about it. She's yeah, trying yeah. to, you know, make. She could have just walked away. Yeah, like, fair. Oh, fuck you. You don't dance. Fair. I'm out of here. <laughs> um, uh, and and I'm and I said I'm a musician. She's like, oh, do you make music that people can dance to? Um, uh huh. And I was literally the word I had to like my tongue is at the top of here to make the N in no. And I hear the first notes of the song. No way. Oh, they <laughs> yes. played it. pretty sick. Yeah. It was one of my favorite moments. That's, I remember it that vividly, right? The whole thing. like Just like, because I literally had the word no. Someone asked me this question. Do you make music that people dance to? And I'm saying, I'm, the word no is like right here. And there it is. Dude. And you were like, I guess we'll find out. You know? Like, yeah, let's see. Yep. That's so I can't cool. remember what I said. I hope it was something as witty as that. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Dude. You wanna dance? Yeah. Hey, I think hey. I, I think I said maybe. Okay, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I, it was maybe. Was the reception good? Did they Holy shit. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. So it was it was like during a like a kind of a lull. They just had a big uh competition ended. So people were like, you know, going back to the rooms to freshen up and stuff, but uh uh, Dave, being the genius that he is, had like a CCTV. He'd pipe out the ballroom to all the the rooms. People started swarming really? back. That's yeah. cool. That's and gonna they, make you feel. They good. played it like thirteen times for that. They, and they basically started playing my version instead of the Usher version. Really? There we uh, go. That's what I'm talking about. That's a victory, right? Oh yeah, there, huge bro. victory. Victory. And like, if I had if I had had a a 35 year old Leafy Green in in 22 year old Leafy Green's corner, I think. I probably would have made it a lot farther than I have because I could have taken that and like, you know, gotten publicity on it and everything mainstream, whatnot. I think it's for the best that I didn't. I'm happy yeah. with where I am because yeah. I probably would have like flamed up and burned out pretty fast. I feel the um, same exact way. Um, I was not mature enough for that yet. No, <laughs> no. Lots of money and influence at a young age is basically you're going to sink the ship unless you are like. A, a monk or yeah. something and know. i wasn't yeah me neither <laughs> <laughs> but oh man what a good story yeah. what so a that, good... they played that song all over the world man that like that that was how i started being able to travel and tour i, I toured all over Europe. the world i toured australia yeah they people send me videos they play it in russia in singapore bro like, what the f wow. i didn't know yeah. you were mr international bro that's just sick. with that Watch one just with that yeah, one that's... cover song dude dude and you dude if you did it once you can do it again that's true. Yep. Like there's no, ugh, the same, like the genius that made that cover to the Usher song is now an even re more refined version of that same genius. So it's like, dude, you just, you. I need to get at it. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> you got a gold mine. I don't know. That's, that's just what I think. But I will say we are, we're probably going to wrap up the podcast, but this yeah. just means 
we gotta have you back on i would love that i want to continue the leafy green saga bro because like it's so easy to talk to you that it's easy to get off on tangents and get back at you dude yeah bro it's (laughs) it's awesome I'm, i'm so glad to to know you and to have you as my friend, man, it's, I just want to say that. I feel, you know? I feel the same way about you. I think, uh, and you've, you've expressed that a lot to me to the point where like, I, I hope, I hope you understand that that's mutual. Yeah. Like, as much as you're getting out of me, I'm getting out of you. Like oh, you, yeah. you inspire me. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I don't know about all that. No, for real. <laughs> uh, your, your music, uh, who you are as a host, yeah, um, thanks, man. uh, your, your podcast actually, like, oh, thank I, you. A lot of people have podcasts, right? And you told me about it, and I was like, okay. you know, when we initially talked, I was like, I have a feeling this is going to be good, but I'm going to listen to it first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, thank you. I hope it's good. And <laughs> yeah, it, no, I was listening, I was like, no, I actually, like, this is, I, I'm getting a lot of this. Like, it's, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's because I know you. Uh, I, I think it's, I, I think it helps that I know you, but you, you, uh, I'm just, just you going through kind of what you're, uh, you had the the one on stoicism. You're examining these philosophies and then talking about things that you're doing to make yourself better. And you're, you don't, you, you explore it, but you don't, I, I think, I think maybe it's because you don't seem to have an agenda with it where it's, Not yeah, it's just, all. it's, it's getting the benefits of a discussion between uh, different, really intelligent, really talented people. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what we have from the Greeks. Those all, all the, the, you know, the, the dialogues and discussions they have. Like, this is, this is our 21st century version of it. And you're Socratic doing it. Socratic thought, uh, Yeah. Um, I'm trying to. And uh, no, you're, you're succeeding. Thank uh, you, like, man. honestly, listening to, to your, your podcast, like, was partly responsible for me picking up books again. I love books. I was like, I need to, I was, you're talking about the things you're reading. I'm like, man, I haven't read a book in a long time. <laughs> but and, look at you now. Yeah. Man. And, and, and. And thinking back on, you know, kind of times in my life where I was the most on point and productive and 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 kind of clearest in thought, I was reading. You know, I wasn't scrolling on Instagram and it's and, weird how how reading can influence how you just communicate and how you even formulate thoughts in yeah. your mind. That plus journaling is like two essentials if you are going to be dealing with people face to face or presenting something or yep. trying to explain something to somebody like it it only it can like times four it the definitely results. has helped a lot it's crazy yeah. and it's it's weird how that even happens i want to scientifically know <laughs> how that works because i notice a night and yep. day difference yeah no it really is and you just you sharing that is it gives so much to anyone who who hears it and i and i think i think here's what it is i think what it is is that so much of the i mean what you're doing is creating media here right this is you know it's a recording mm-hmm. um most of the media out there is trying to sell something. Hmm. That's the purpose of almost everything on social media, everything on TV. You're trying to trying to get me to buy something. It's, yes. All of it is an advertisement. You, what you're doing is a gift. Hey. For real. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it and it feels that way. I'm just I'm listening. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I should I should stretch. Yep, that's a good idea. I should, just, <laughs> I should take a few minutes and stretch. <laughs> Cameron's doing it. It's making him feel good. It's working for him, and you just shared that, you know, just just casual, and like, yeah, you know what, I I I've stretched before, yeah, you know, like yeah. you do, you it's it's none of it's like news to me, I'm like yeah. oh stretching, I never occurred to me, no, but like you saying like I'm doing these things, and it's it's really like it's it's benefiting my art and it's benefiting my my mind, and I'm going, yeah, no, good reminder, like it's a very good yeah. reminder to to do these things that I want and need to do. Um, I I hope that that people feel like you know I'm their friend. Like, 
Cause this whole this whole thing started because like me and Carlos would talk for like an hour and a half before <laughs> I w we would do anything musical. Yep. So it was just like we should just record this yeah. and we talk about those things like you know hey we've been going I've been going to bed earlier hey I've been meditating <laughs> for like twenty minutes a day recently and I feel super present like but if it I I'm glad I have not heard that perspective that it's just there it's good to be a reminder to people not of 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 anything close to perfection but of just like improvement i yeah. guess you know you the, trying to get back to an equilibrium yeah you know? yeah but, and you're just you're you're another human being creating cool things doing cool things and, and you're 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 sharing and opening your process a little bit of your process of just being you of, yeah. of living yeah. um and you know you make good music so all right here's here's what comes out of that I like this thing that comes out of that. Maybe emulate some of the inputs. Yeah, um, <laughs> man, uh, we'll get there slowly but surely. But yeah. um, Leafy Green, it's been a pleasure to have you on Cameron. the Blank Sutra podcast. Um, I, I'm sorry, welcome, presence, sir. Yeah, dude, I'm Back sorry. I was, I was asking up a storm. I, I hope you didn't <laughs> feel offended, Carlos. Um, no, no, man. But your story and the way you're presenting um, all these like tales just like it paints a picture in my head now just thinking about like you know the the whole west coast swing everyone's like enjoying your music like yeah it was it was definitely a it was a time it was it was it was a, it was yeah it was it was a whole you know Sounds several like year era great of my life. gatsby type shit like you were exactly it's yeah. like a I definitely could, some of that okay cool. I see a, a, like a biopic in, yeah. in a couple years yeah of this. dude i want to have you back on though to continue the saga Would of your that. your formation and you told me a story off podcast once about how you met your wife, and that's a very mm. lovely story, and I want to get that on the next one. Okay. Um, that fits in. That's all. That's part of the, the West Coast Swing story, too. So. Fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back with Leafy Green Part 2 pretty soon here. Uh, but, Leafy, where are you going to be playing, and how can people find you? Um, easiest way to find me is my website, leafygreen.com. If you're just listening, it's L-E-I-F-Y Green. That's uh, That's been a big hindrance to my... Uh, uh, my my rise in fame took me a minute. for for the best though too again i think like it's it's uh, i think it's it's been a good handicap okay can't 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 get it out there too fast people have told me i should change it um but it's like, a very nah, healthy nah, nah, name yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and you're separating the people that don't read from the people that you know <laughs> from uh, you know some scholarly people it's if you can't spell my name then i don't want you to listen to my <laughs> yeah no, yeah no. so leafygreen.com um uh, yeah that's that's the the most direct way uh and then yeah if you're in the the tampa bay area uh when's this gonna air i guess i don't know it's gonna air and then it's gonna be yeah they should just find go, go to my calendar okay. i'm upset i play all the time all over the place well, the regular gigs the regular gigs uh are at uh ricky t's second and fourth thursdays and first fridays are it's the full band very very good shit Thank i mean you. go see it as if you enjoy music go see it there's a leafy greens industry night open mic on tuesdays at the north end tap house ow, ow. With, mm. with support from Low Tide Kava Bar. Yes. Uh, and yes. once a month sponsored by Cam and Levi. Hey, uh, which is that, that is what brought us together. Dude. Uh, thank you to, to Sean Simpson for, for that introduction. What a fortuitous uh, <laughs> meeting. For real. For um, real. 
and a bunch of others. Uh, uh, the Tavern at Bayboro for most Fourth Fridays. And again, any of these regulars, also the, the regular recurring gigs come with the asterisk. Sometimes I go on tour and I'm not at those places, right. so well, don't get upset. That's um, okay. I usually provide a an excellent substitute uh, or recommend anyway. Sometimes the, the venues take me up on that. Sometimes they do not. Okay. Uh, but I try to leave my fans in good hands. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, well... <laughs> Thank you for your time because I know that it Thank is you. valuable. Um, and again, we got to have you back. Carlos, any closing statements, any vibes you'd like to put out? Um, as everyone that's listening to this podcast, uh, again, fully uh, enjoy the support mm-hmm. that everyone's been putting out. And like, we're all just like communicating with this. Like, this is a form of media that not only are we putting together, um, you know, these meetings that as you could look back into like Socrates era was also yeah. co- also done. But what's great is that you can go back to all these episodes and like go back to our catalog and go back to this episode as well. Mm-hmm. And just like, in just take a second and just like look within and enjoy that moment that uh, surrendering of the suffering. Yeah, Absolutely. Dude. Yeah. yeah. There's good stuff in there already. 11, 11 episodes in. That's 11. it. This is, yeah, we're yeah. here. Eleven. Yeah, dude. I like the the Levi Fo episode a lot. Yeah, dude. he's almost gonna that. reach a hundred. That mother- <laughs> absolutely. That motherfucker called himself the podcast king in like the first two minutes, and yeah. he kind of is the. the he king. just walked in. It's it's kind of annoying because like <laughs> I I love him to death. Wait, he called himself the podcast. On yeah. the podcast, he was like, oh, right? He said, "Yo, it's the podcast king, Levi," and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Are you talking See, about? I, because you don't have it on video, and I don't know everybody's voices that no, well. No, I thought right. I thought you called him no. the podcast king. Oh, okay, yeah, we got that's enough further so, incentive wait, to get so video. So I might have thought they, I might have had you guys switched the whole time. I got to go back and listen to it oh. now. There's a plot twist. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> could have been. <laughs> Our vocal range probably like blended. It is similar now that I'm hearing it, but um, you can reach the Blank Sutra on Instagram at the Blank Sutra. We're working on the website. Uh, I am CD underscore treats with a three on Instagram. What's your handle there, Carlos? I'm sounds underscore by underscore Carlos. Or soundsbycarlos.com. And Leafy Green Music, correct? Yeah, Leafy Green Music, L-E-I-F-Y. Follow us all, please. Thank you very much. Have a lovely night. This is the Blank Sutra Podcast. Good night. Lost at sea. I'm lost at sea. I'm lost at sea. Yeah, Sleep all through the morning, talk all through the afternoon. Me and you, and we could dance all night under the stars and the silver moon. Just us two, I'm lost at sea. I'm lost at sea. Oh.